With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Sota Daf Lamed Dalad, page 34. We begin on the bottom of 33b, Lamed Gimel Lamed Tanya, three lines from the bottom. Tanya, we learned in a Bryce, Rabbi Yossi, Amir Yossi says, B'shloshim HaKomas Nasu Kohanim Aron. In three different places, the priests were the ones that carried the Ark of the Covenant, as opposed to the fact that it was normally carried by the Levites, the Levim. So what were the three places? When they passed over the Jordan, when they went around Jericho, when the Aaron was brought back for its final resting place to be placed in the base of Megdash, the temple, on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. We are now on top of 34a. As soon as the feet of the priests entered the water, talking about the Jordan here, so the waters all went, and they went up from behind them. Shanemar, as the verse says, And when those who were carrying the ark came into the Jordan, etc. The waters stood up, that were coming down, they came as one wall. So how high was this wall? It was 12 mil. Mill is a little bit less than a mile. Twelve miles by twelve miles. It was very, very high, clearly. Keneged Machne Yisrael, corresponding to the width and the length of the encampment of the people of Israel. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda, that's the words of Rabbi Yehuda. Amr Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon says to him, Litvarach, according to you, Adam Kal, Oymayim Kalim, who's faster? A man who's walking or waters that are running? Have you Amr Mayim Kalim? Everyone would say that water is faster. So if the waters were flowing at the regular speed and they were slowly rising higher and higher until they got to 12 mil, so the time that it would take for the people of Israel to walk across the entire Jordan River, all the people of Israel, is the time it would take for everyone or the slowest person to walk 12 mil. That's this length of the entire encampment of the people of Israel. So if so, what's going to happen? If the water stopped at 12 mil, so that means that they could come right back down, and it's impossible for a person to walk, or it's unlikely that this whole encampment walked as fast as water. Rather, this teaches us that the water was, water was piling up one level upon another, until it reached a, a height higher than 300 miles. Until all of the kings of the east and the west saw them, as the verse says, and it was when all of the kings of the Amorites that are on the other side of the Jordan that they heard, and all of the Canaanite kings that are on the sea, meaning near the Mediterranean, how Hashem held back the waters of the Jordan of Nebuchadnezzar Israel in front of the, the people of Israel at Avram until after they passed. And the hearts melted. There had no more wind in them because of the people of Israel. And even Rachav, the woman who saved the two messengers, the two spies of Joshua. So she said, Right, this is talking about before they actually crossed the Jordan. So what did she say? She said that we heard, they were already scared about the fact, that something that had happened 40 years before, which was how Hashem had made the waters of the of the Sea of Reeds split in front of the people of Israel. And the verse says, We heard, 
and our hearts became melted. We're afraid to stand up, etc. The Gemara continues, They were still standing in the Jordan River, meaning they were standing there in the middle. As they were crossing, Yeshua said to them, Understand well exactly why you're crossing over this Jordan. The reason that you're going in there is in order to take over the land of those who are there. Meaning we have to get rid of all of those people as Moshe Rabbeinu commanded us. And we have to take over and destroy them. Shanemar, the verse says, shall inherit all of those who live in the land of Nechem from in front of you. etc. If you do so, mutav, good. If not, So, if not, so then the water is going to come and they're shaitif oisechem. They're going to overcome someone who is this talking about. My oisechem, what does that mean? Oisi ve'eschem. It's an unusual lush and it says oisechem. So it's saying, both me and you were all going to drown in these waters. Oidem biyardin, they were still in the Jordan. Amr lahem Yoshua. Yoshua says to them, Harimu lachem ish even achas al shechmai. Each one of you people bring a large stone upon your back. Lemispa shifte Israel, the amount of stones corresponding to the numbers of the tribes of Israel, which is 12, the gummer, etc. Uchsev, and the verse says, Lamantia zois ois bekir bechem, in order that it should be a sign in your midst, ki shalum benechem machar leymor, so that when your children ask you, on a later date, and they say as follows, What are these stones to you? This is a sign for the children that the fathers, their great-great-grandfathers, went over the Jordan River. While they were still in the Jordan, so Yeshua says to him, Take from here, from the midst of the Jordan, from where the priests are standing, because the, the priests were standing the whole time with the Aaron, waiting for all of the Jews to pass by. So he said, take from the, where they're standing, prepare twelve stones, and bring them along with you, and place them in the place where we're going to sleep tonight. etc. You might think that they should have to place these stones anywhere where they would stay. That's what the verse says, specifically where we're going to stay tonight. That's where the stones are to be placed. Amr Yehuda, actually, the, on the side it changes to Rabbi Yesi. Amr Rabbi Yesi, Rabbi Yesi said as follows, Abba Chalafta, Abba Chalafta, Rabbi Leezer ben Masya, Chanani ben Chachinoi, these three people, Amdu al-Oysan Avonim, so they evaluated those stones, Vishiarum, and they evaluated them, called Achas v'Achas Shkula Ka'arboim Sa. Each one had to hold 40 Sa, 40 measures. Ugemiri, and we learned, De Te'una de Midli Enish Lakasvei, a heavy load that a person has upon his back, it's one-third, if he's carrying it on his own, it's one-third of the amount that he can carry if he's carrying it with someone else. So Rashi says that based on this number, based on these numbers, so if each one of them was carrying something which they said was 40, so if you multiply it by 3, because each one of them only had a third of the full weight, so then you get 120. Each of the stones, it seems, actually weighed 120 saw. And from here, we can figure out how it works in regards to the Eshkol, that large bunch of grapes that the spies brought back from the Holy Land, from Eretz Yisrael. Shanemar, as the verse says, They carried it with this crossbeam with two people. 
Obviously, if it says that there's a cross between any addition b'shnayim, obviously there has to be two people. What's the number two telling us? It's not going on the people. Rather, it's telling us there are actually two cross beams. Not only were there two cross beams, says Rabbi Yitzchak, but there were two more underneath those two. How does this work? So you have eight separate people carrying this big cluster of grapes. Because you have four cross beams. Right, going underneath to hold this tremendously large cluster of grapes, and you have one person on each end, so that's eight. Echad nasa rimoin, one of them carried a very large pomegranate, ve'echad nasa te'ena, and one of them carried a very large fig. Yeshua ve'kalev, however, Joshua and Kalev, le'nasa klum, they didn't carry anything. Ibais ema, so what's the reason why? One understanding is mishim de'chashivi, because they were the most chashu, the most important. Ibais ema shalei hayu ba'isa eitzah, or the, another explanation is the reason they didn't carry anything was because they weren't involved in the plot of the spies. And part of the plot of the spies involved bringing back these large clusters of grape, these large fruits, to show the people so they could show and prove that if you can imagine how large these clusters are, imagine how great the people are, how big those people are in the land of Israel. They were just trying to show how scary it would be to come into Israel. Now the Gemara continues, Pligi Barabi Ami Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha. There's an argument between Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha. Charamar, the divrei Rabbi Yehuda. One says that according to Rabbi Yehuda, we turn the page to 34b. Kechanayasan Avru. According to how they normally were encamped, that's how the people of Israel went across the Jordan. Meaning, the encampment stayed in its normal form. Each group of flags on either side, all around, the Aron in the center. Actually, it seems as, as opposed to the fact that normally the Aron was indeed in the center. Here it went ahead. But uh, the encampment nevertheless remained the same. The different Rabbi Lazar Shimon, however, according to Rabbi Lazar Shimon, who said that the water went up to 300 mil, it went incredibly high. According to Rabbi Lazar Shimon, so since these waters had gotten so high, clearly they didn't go in the normal encampment because it wouldn't have taken so long. Rather, what happened was they went one after the other. They were in single file line going across the Jordan, and that's why it took so long, and that's why the waters got so high. However, another one of these two Amoraim says as follows, Everyone agrees that they went, they crossed the Jordan in the normal state of encampment. The question is, can a man get as fast as the waters? So one, the one who says that the waters only got to 12 mil, only got so high as, as 12 miles, that's because everyone was walking as fast as water. Everyone was going really fast. However, the other one who says you get up to 300, Rabbi Lezer because he holds that everyone was walking very slow. And therefore, that's why the waters got so high. Now the Gemara continues. The verse says that Hashem said to Moshe to send out people, these Meraglim, these spies. When Hashem said to Moshe to send out these spies, He wasn't saying that He was giving him a command, but rather He was saying, if you think it's a good idea, you should do it. Because it must be that this is true, because why would Hashem choose to do something which He knows in the end is going to be a bad thing for them to do? That's why the verse says, Moshe Rabbeinu says, when he's talking about the whole deal with the spies, he says, it was good in my eyes, meaning it was my own idea, in that Hashem told me to do it, and I agreed to it, I thought it was a good idea. Amr Eshlakish, Eshlakish says, It was good in my eyes, in Moses' eyes, but not in the eyes of God. Now, the Pasuk says, And they will search out the land. Amr Bichia Bar Haba, 
says, They were looking for the embarrassment of the land of Israel. It says over here, They shall search out the land. It says elsewhere in Isaiah, Talking about the embarrassment, the negative attributes of the moon and the sun. So you see, and Vayachbaru come from the same root, which means they're looking for something bad, Vigaymer, etc. These are the names for the tribe of Ruven, Shamua ben Zachor, etc. We have this tradition from our fathers that all of the Moraglim despise, so their names are based on the fact that they did an evil act. Because the verse says twice, it says this is their names, and then it says again that this is their names. So why is it telling you that? It's coming to tell you that you should look and understand their names because if you see their names, you'll understand how each one of their names represents the fact that they did something wrong. And Rabbi Yitzchak says, the only one that we have is the following. Sasser ben Michael. His name was Sasser ben Michael. Sasser, what was his name? Sasser. He said, he contradicted the actions of Hashem, meaning he said that Hashem, heaven forbid, chas v'shalom, that Hashem can't take us into the land of Israel. Michael, that he made Hashem, according to Rashi's Girsa, he made Hashem weak, heaven forbid. Rabbi Yechanan says, We can also say, in regards to Nachvi ben Vavsi, why was his name Nachvi? He hid the words of Hashem. Vavsi, why did he call him Vavsi? He stepped on Hashem's attributes. They went up to the south. He came to Hebron. It should say, they came to Hebron. Because the beginning of the verse says that they went they went up to the Negev, to the south. This teaches that Kalev separated himself from the idea of the spies. And he went on his own to Hebron, and he went there, and he spread himself out, and he prayed at the tomb of the patriarchs. He said to them, My father is Bikshu Alai Rachamim. Pray for me, and not tell me that I should be saved from the idea of the spies. So Yeshua, it wasn't necessary for him to go to Hebron because Moshe himself had already asked Hashem, he had already prayed to Hashem for him. Shenemar's the verse says, Yeshua, Moshe called him, he had originally been named Hosea, and Moshe had called him Yehoshua. Why? Because God will save you. That's why he called him, he added an extra Yud to refer to Hashem, Hashem will save you from the idea of the spies. That's what the verse says, And since Kalev had a different spirit within him, so this is referring to the fact that he prayed, he davened, and he went to Hebron. The verse says, It says that the Meraglim, the spies, said to the people of Israel, that these giants there, Achiman, Shishai, Talmai, etc., Achiman, why was his name Achiman? Meyuman Shabachiv. He was the strongest of all of his brothers. Shishai, why was he called Shishai? Shemesim Esa'aretz Keshchisais. That when he steps, wherever he walks, so he makes holes in the ground from his footsteps. Talmai, why was he called Talmai? Shemesim Esa'aretz Talamim Talamim. He makes the ground into these ridges and ridges. He's so strong, he's so powerful. Davar Acher, another explanation. Achiman Bona Anas. Achiman built this place called Anas. Shishai Bona Alash. Shishai was the one who built Alash. Talmai bona Talbush. And Talmai was the one who built Talbush. Yelide ha'anak. 
they were the children of the giants, that they would cover up the sun with their height. So the verse says, the heaven was built for seven years. My nivnesa. What does it mean that it was built? If it means that literally it was built, is it possible that someone builds a house for his youngest child before he builds a house for his oldest child? The verse says that his sons were Cham Kushim Mitzrayim. And then at the end, his last son, his youngest son, was Canaan. So it doesn't make sense that Hebron would be the first city to be built for Canaan before Mitzrayim. So it can't mean that it was built seven years before. But rather it means that it was built as one-seventh, and here built means that it was developed, meaning it had beautiful greenery and all kinds of fruits. So one-seventh of this place called Tzoan. And you don't have a place that's rockier in all of Israel than Hebron. Why? The Kivriba Shikhvi. Because we know that that's a place where they would bury people. There's no more beautiful, better land in all of the, the world than Mitzrayim, than Egypt. Shinemar's verse says, It says, like the Garden of Hashem, of Garden of God, like the land of Egypt. There's nothing better. There's no land that's better in Egypt than the place called Tzayan. The Chesiv, as the verse says, Ki Sarov, that in Tzayan were its officers. That's where the high-class citizens would live. It's a very fertile place. Nevertheless, Chevron is still one-seventh of the development of beautiful, all kinds of different orchards, I guess, as Tzayan. Is it true that Hebron was very rocky? The verse says, It was after 40 years. So Avshalom says to his father, the king, to David HaMelech, he said, let me go. And he was going to Hebron and he wanted to go there in order to fulfill his vow. He wanted to bring some kind of karbonos. So the Gemara says, so Rav Avia says, and others say it was Rabbi Barachanan. Why was he going there? That's not where the Mizbeach was. He went to bring some kind of lambs from Chevron, Vitania, and we learned that rams are brought from Moab, but sheep are brought from Chevron. So he went there to get some kind of sheep. So based on this, the Gemara is saying, how can you tell me that it's a rocky place if there are sheep there? It seems that it wouldn't be a rocky place. The Gemara answers, I did a cliche ara. No, because it's rocky. So therefore, the the land is very weak. So of the raya, so that's why they, they have it there. It's more for pasture than for growing things. In fact, so the Gemara is coming out at the end that we don't really grow so much things in Hebron in that area because it's very rocky, but rather it's used for pasturing sheep. We'll continue from here in the next Daily Daf.